0: Hello, I am Eric Dean. Welcome to the Mumblings on Digital Humanities and Surviving Grad School podcast. All right, so um, I have to admit, I'm kind of uh, a little bit uh, from a different um, discipline than English from my past um, education and because I, even though I've been in the English um, discipline for a year, um, I come from communication studies and before that, English... Or before English, uh, well, before communication studies, I came from um, economics and uh, visual communication design. And um, we had already had... Uh, well, in communication studies and visual communication design... Um, Digital um, multi multimodal um, techniques of um, interacting with um, with material and research were more um, well uh, they were more um, already commonplace than in English. And um, so this seems like a little bit, I don't know. It seems like English is a little behind the times. And, um, so while this is all new to y'all, um, it's not new to me. And, um, so I don't know. It's just, yeah. (laughs) So I'm a little, um, I'm still in perplexed and awe mode because I see all these people around me just in shock and awe at all these digital multimodal um, ways of interacting with um, content, and it's all just natural to me. And so I try to help out as much as I can, and um, but it's just it it seems like um everybody is very resistant to it so i hope um i hope people are more re receptive uh, in this class um so uh going forward with that um the um Regarding the article that we were reading, uh, that we were supposed to read and respond to, um, this article seems to be another example of how behind the times English is. Um, although this article was written in 2011 2012, and it seems like, uh, or at least it was an example from 2011 and 2012. And the book was from 2015. Um, the, uh, the article is Digitizing English, written by Jennifer Glazer and Laura R. McKeash. I hope I did not pronounce her name wrong. Um, and it, it's included in um, Jim Rodolfo and William Hart Davidson's 2015. They are the editors of uh, Rhetoric and the Digital Humanities, University of Chicago Press. And that's a 2015 um, book. And um, it's Digitizing English is chapter 14 of that book. And um, I. Um, Definitely, um, they it has some really good things to say about it. Um, one thing I really like about the article is that um, it seems to come up with a lot of good ideas for um, helping the their fellow the fellow English um, professors um, and colleagues um, and even students. That are in grad school, um, uh, inter- interact and engage with um, di- multimodal um materials and um, digital materials, and um, how to in- engage with it more, um as a as the center part of the argument or center is an integral part of the, um, of the writing process or the, of their um, process of um, composing. So, um, and what's really interesting about it is that um, I, I would agree with that because um it shouldn't just be something that is a afterthought or something that is, oh, I wrote a good article, so I'm going to throw it on the internet. Well, no, maybe you should write the article so that it can be, um, maybe you should write several different versions of the article so you can have one for print, one for one for web, one for in interactive video, one for whatever, whatever purpose you need it for, and write the content for those, for those. Um, and those are kind of my spin on it, but um, I mean, that's something that kind of comes to my mind when when you're engaging with that material, but um, I, I'm not sure if that's they're respect to have to redo this again see if they were saying that um, but um, I would help if the pages were stapled in a <laughs> easy to follow function but uh, but the the one thing that I know is um with the article is it seems like their examples were still um still were more towards the audio and um it didn't really interact as much with the um video and art and other things that could be um that could be also um, in in sound that could be um, in, engaged with in terms of um, multimodal rhetoric um, with uh, with your with in, in a digital um, project. Um, it, it 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 um talks about those things. But um, there, it doesn't really give as many examples of that, and um, and I think that that's important to include because, um, like, we have um, when 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 you go out when English people within English degrees go out into the real world. have to find a job or unless they want to be starving forever um, they're going to have to engage with um, people that are in other fields and um, sometimes they're going to be engaging with other media creators and um, or they'll be working for a um, content producers that have people that do other types of work Um, Sometimes they'll be audio producers, sometimes they'll be the media, sometimes you'll be working with a media, under a media, um, working for a media conglomerate that has all different types of media, or all different types of content producers. Some people will be working on the audio, some people will be working on the video side, some people will be working on the writing, and um, all of those things work together to create the final product. And um if you don't if you don't think about all those pieces that go together, and when you're writing your uh, manuscript, um, then it's um, very hard for the part to come together in a good way. Um, it is' not effective. And um, So when we use our techniques to, um, do that type of writing um, we have to we have to think about that stuff and it we can get lost in that when we're writing just for a um, print version of our manuscripts if we're writing a book or a um, print article but um, say even if we have even if we're writing an article for a journal if some somebody approached us and wanted us to create a video for that or a um podcast how would we do that how would we best um, write that would we make edits to it and would and how about if our audience was different how about if we were trying to create write a take a journal article that we wrote for a um Audience that was, um, an audience that was, um, purely, um, or audience that was not as academic as we are, and, uh, or that is not as advanced in their academics. Um, so maybe somebody that has a high school education instead of a master's degree or a doctorate. How are we going to edit our papers? How are we going to, uh, or how are we going to edit our, not maybe not our papers, but how are we going to edit this digital masterpiece that we're going to create? Because we really want it to be a masterpiece, not a flop. And um, how are we going to create it into a video? What are we going to do to make it engaging to an audience that has maybe not as much of an interest in um stuff that is dry um are we going to try to make it more interesting to them are we going to try to make it less dry and how do we do that so um another thing um we have to do as um scholars and writers and um is look at um our audience. It, well, we have to do that all the time, but we really have to do that when we um when we make um, a digital piece because uh we really just we we don't want to have that ro- to sh- overshoot the audience or not have, or not have or write for the wrong audience, and um, so we have to gauge the audience, and it it re- and just like a just like a regular write- piece of writing, and um, so going back to the article, I know I haven't pulled that many quotes out of there, um, so something in here. That, um, trying to a lot of the, um, if in the first part of the article, um, it talks about, um, the three, um, or the four, um, the four beliefs that, um, the, um, re- resistance to making, um, f- or the embedded, tr- the truisms embedded in the student's frequent resistance to, um, digital humanities. And, um. Quoting from the article, um, In general, in our English department, and in our programs where our doctoral students earn their MFAs and MAs, print is largely treated as the default medium, a kind of invisible non-medium through which texts are consumed, produced, and delivered. The second one is... Digital knowledge-making practices are viewed as peripheral to idea generation and composing, as most writers use word processors to draft in social media while composing. The, stable solita- the third one is a sol- stable solitary writer f- figure stubbornly persists as the most credible manifestation of the author function, and collaboration is suspicious- approached suspiciously because it is perceived as a threat to one's real work. So all four of those um things are talk about and the author the authors mentioned that they those beliefs reveal more about the failures of English departments to deal with changing realities than they do with the quality of students that participate in their seminar. And um because this it and if if digital humanities classes and if our class is going to get over these types of resistances, if we are, ha- if our class has those, and I'm sure there might be some, um, we're going to have to get over our resistance to collaborating. We're going to have to get over our resistance to thinking about ourselves as solely writers. We're going to have to think about ourselves as content producers and writers and snapshotters, and audio producers and video producers and whatever else producers we have to be um, to make the product, um, drawers, artists, whatever we have to be. Um, we're also going to have to think of ourselves as, um, as the, as a digital knowledge function as integral to the project, uh, as to the process of the idea generation and composing. And we're going to have to think about, um, and we're going to have to rethink about print because is print? is print really the only thing that we can get is the print. The only, um, medium that is, um, truly, uh, legit. No, there are a lot of legit avenues for, um, for pr- producing, um, or for, uh, for producing our work but they may not be seen as legit because we're not used to them but we'll get we'll get there and um and there's there's already there are there are online journals but even then um even though some of those are more experimental anymore but they're they're growing in size and um there are, um, a growing number of, um, print magazines. There are a growing number of print, um, or, or not, I mean not print magazines. Oof, misspeak. Um, online magazines, online news are, online news sources are growing and growing by the day. Um, uh, print is almost dead for news sources, um. Although, there's a resurgence in some ways. But, but it's just, there's a lot of um, things that are changing in the world. And um, digital is becoming more of a accepted medium. And we're going to have to change with the times if we don't want to become obsolete with the print. And um, I just don't want to see everybody go um without a job (laughs) i mean we have to learn how to get extra skills in order to um become more uh flexible as our skills are becoming more and more tested as scholars and as writers and as creators and um, we need to in order to get jobs and in order to keep jobs we need to and in order to keep our creativity flowing um, and in order to eat we need to keep up with the times and I guess that's all I have to say for today Please join me on the next edition of this podcast. Um, um, Next week, I'm not sure what I'll be talking about, but I'm sure it will be wonderful. Um, And I hope to be doing this every week for the rest of the quarter. Talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye.